The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. What's going on, everybody? My name is Bill Welker. You're listening to MMA on the Rocks, episode number 53. Today is Sunday, June 18th, Father's Day. So happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there, including my father, if you're listening. So I hope everybody's enjoying their Father's Day. Typically, I'm joined by my co-host, Jeff the Animal Wilson. However, this weekend, Jeff the Animal Wilson turned into Jeff the party animal, Wilson. He went to a concert last night and overdid it on the partying a little bit. I heard from him early this morning, and I haven't heard from him since. If anybody has heard from Jeff Wilson on Twitter or elsewhere, uh, somebody let me know that he's okay. I think he's just uh, sleeping off a rough night. I sent him the link to join me here on the podcast. We're live on YouTube, of course. For those of you who subscribe on YouTube, thank you. For those of you who don't, if you want to check out the unedited version of MMA on the Rocks, you can subscribe on YouTube, and they'll send you a notification when we go live. I haven't really been advertising it much, but if you want it live, then subscribe on YouTube. So hopefully uh, Jeff is able to join us. If not, you guys are just stuck with me for this episode, so I apologize for that, but... Uh, we're going to get into some fun things and talk about uh, UFC Fight Night 111, obviously, which took place last night in Singapore. Before I get into all that, uh, there was some very sad news over the weekend. Unfortunately, former UFC heavyweight Tim Haig, the thrashing machine, uh, passed away after getting knocked out in a boxing match in his hometown of uh, Edmonton, Canada. And... Just a really horrible thing to hear. Uh, he he was declared brain dead not long after getting knocked out, and he was knocked down a couple of times in the first round of the match. And you know that that's a big problem with boxing is the standing eight counts and uh, allowing guys to continue to get hit in the head after they've been concussed. And of course, it's such a difficult job being a referee in a combat sport and having to make that decision uh, of telling a, a fighter, uh, you know, very testosterone driven, uh, sometimes easily agitated fighter that they can't continue. It's a tough spot to be in. So unfortunately he continued fighting and he was KO'd and he, he didn't wake up. Um, uh, looking over his MMA record in his last five fights he was knocked out unfortunately in four of them so you know that's the danger of participating in in these combat sports and things like that um and, and we're hearing more and more about concussions and and guys sparring too heavy and taking unnecessary blows to the head so you can never really tell if that was the issue, if he was training too hard and, and taking a lot of concussions in the gym or, or whatever the case, but, uh, when he was getting in the cage and getting in the ring, uh, for MMA and boxing, obviously he's taking a lot of blunt trauma to the head. So of course, uh, sympathies go out to the, the family, Tim Haig. Uh, you know, it, it's just, you don't know what to say at this point. It's, it's really difficult. Young guy, 33 years old, uh, obviously really high caliber athlete. Um, he, he went one and four in the UFC, but you know, even making it to the UFC really speaks to the, the caliber of talent that you are. And yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. It's a, it's a tough thing to hear about, um, so, you know, as big of fans as we are of this sport, obviously we don't want to see anybody hurt or killed uh, or have permanent damage from this. And um, 
you know, it, it's an unfortunate reality of this sport that we love so much. Uh, uh, another piece of sad news. Uh, I hate to uh, keep this as a downer for the the start of the show, but former UFC uh, welterweight champion Matt Hughes was in a bad car accident. His car was hit by a train. Uh, he drove across some train tracks uh, in his hometown, and uh, a train connected with the passenger side of the car. Luckily, nobody was sitting in the passenger seat. Um, and, uh, he's in stable condition right now, but, uh, last I read, he is still not conscious. So all the best to Matt Hughes and his family. And, uh, we hope for a speedy recovery. He was actually talking very recently about making a comeback to MMA. I, I believe he retired in 2013. So he's been away for a long time. And uh, it's been a reoccurring theme, especially on this show. We've been talking a lot about guys who walked away a long time ago from this sport, but they don't really know what to do with themselves. He had a job with the UFC that was kind of loosely defined, and nobody really knew what he was doing. And when uh, WME took over, they let Matt Hughes go. So I guess he was he was uh, toying with the idea of a comeback. And uh, it's sad to see when these guys you know, don't really have another outlet beyond fighting. And they feel like that's what they have to continue to do. Uh, at, at the same time, that kind of mentality is what breeds champions. And that's why Matt Hughes is one of the greatest champions of all time. So obviously not a fight-related injury, but just a terrible accident. So uh, sympathies to the Hughes family. And we hope that he has a speedy recovery and a full recovery um and not necessarily you know to get back into the mma syndicate but just to live a healthy life you know that's what we'd like to see for for people like matthews um who have given so much to the sport i mean over over 50 professional mma fights uh and you know a couple of times over world champion uh, really one of the legends of the sport so yeah, really sad news to to kick off uh, on this Father's Day episode. So, uh, unfortunately, we have to talk about some more head trauma with the main event of UFC Fight Night 111 last night, which the main event was Holly Holm and Betch Correa, two women's bantamweight fighters who have both contended for titles. Holly Holm has been the champion at 135 pounds. She contended for the title at 145 pounds in her last fight and was unsuccessful, even though a lot of people thought she should have won that fight because her opponent, Jermaine Durandame, uh, you know, took some cheap shots hitting her after the bell and things like that. And, uh, you know, some people thought Holly won by points anyway, but, uh, back at 135 pounds, the, the common opponent between these two of course was Ronda Rousey and, both of those, both of their fights with Ronda Rousey ended in similar fashion. Of course, Holly Holm, the famous head kick knockout of Ronda Rousey, which uh, you know put her momentum train to a screeching halt. And uh, Betch Correa was knocked out very quickly in the first round against Ronda Rousey. I think in 48 seconds or so. So this fight ended with a devastating uh, head kick knockout uh, in the third round. That was delivered to Betch Correa after she started taunting Holly Holm and kind of waving her to come on and doing some kind of silly dance and dropping her hands and saying, like, let's go. And uh, Holly said, okay. And she just unleashed some sweet chin music on uh, Betch's face. And, man, the, the videos and the memes and everything else have been relentless for for Betch Correa and a lot of people I guess you know people think it's justified because you know she was taunting her and you know she got what was coming to her like you don't you don't do that and when you do you got to be ready for you know, the consequences and the consequences were pretty severe for Betch uh in, in this fight 
And, you know, both of these girls had the right game plan. Holly, of course, is a counter-striker, one of the best counter-strikers in the sport of MMA, in my opinion. So she came out very tentative. She was throwing a lot of feints. And Betch Correa had the right game plan because usually Betch is known for rushing in on her opponents and counter-strikers do very well against Betch Correa because she gives them a lot of momentum to throw back in her face. So Betch came out very tentative as well, which was the right game plan for Holly Holm. Uh, It made for a very uninteresting main event for the first two rounds because they circled each other. Holly was throwing a lot of feints. Uh, Betch wasn't really engaging. And this was not a game that Betch was going to win. It was a matter of who blinked first, who caved on the game plan first. And, you know, given the style of these two women, Holly Holm obviously has no problem being patient. She would have carried on that same game plan into the fifth round with no problem and pitter pattered her way to unanimous decision victory if she had to. Uh, Betch, although she had the right game plan, she got impatient. You know, she wanted Holly to come in and engage so she could work her clinch and work her close range striking, which she's great at. She's a very aggressive striker. She's got a lot of power. Um, but she wasn't able to lure Holly in. Holly stayed very patient and stayed on the outside and, and used her range to keep Betch away. And, you know, Betch blinked first. She started taunting Holly and dropped her hands and let her guard down. And Holly saw that opening and jumped on it. And, you know, that head kick is becoming kind of a trademark for her. Obviously, the head kick against Ronda Rousey and then some of her fights before she was in the UFC, she's used that same head kick and just goes right over the hand that's kind of protecting the face. Uh so, and uh, the Jackson Winklejohn gym, uh, sure, a lot of you know, uh, which is where Holly Holm trains, Greg Jackson's gym, uh, they posted something on Instagram that said, who wore it better? And it was pictures of Holly kicking Ronda Rousey, and right under it was Holly kicking Betch Correa. And they justified it by saying that both of these women were very mean to Holly Holm before they fought. So uh, justified or not, uh, that's what they did. And Holly Holm in a very interesting situation now because this is a fight that she was supposed to win. Uh, They were kind of setting her up to get back on track here. And that's what she did. Uh, It's difficult to say what to do with her now. I don't think you can give her a title shot because she's coming off of three losses. But then again, she was given a title shot at 145 pounds after having two straight losses, even though she wasn't even part of that weight class. So who knows what they're going to do with Holly Holm. Uh, I think maybe one more fight before she challenges for the title, uh, which is going to be up in the air very soon. Amanda Nunez is going to be defending her title against Valentina Shevchenko. uh, And that's a rematch against a very close fight. So that'll be an exciting one. We'll see what happens there. Uh, and depending who wins, I think uh, Holly Holm against either one of those women would be a really great matchup. Maybe let her take on the loser of that fight uh, would be one strategy. And, you know, the, the winner can maybe fight for the title again. Uh, I don't know. But, yeah, so pretty awesome uh, finish for Holly Holm. You know, she did her trademark backflip in the cage, and she was real excited. Put on a show for the the Singapore crowd, who was who was kind of falling asleep after those first two rounds. I saw something that said uh, there were only eight significant strikes landed, or something like that, uh, in the first round. So, not too thrilling, but uh, definitely a spectacular finish. And this one was on early in the morning on Saturday. Uh, for those of you who woke up early enough, I believe I'm on the East Coast in the United States here, so I think the early prelims started at 4.30 a.m., and I know some people were staying up all night watching movies and, and drinking and having fun, doing whatever, and they were falling asleep uh, You know, by the time the card rolled around. I didn't do that. I woke up uh, in time for the main card, and I watched the main card, and then I went back 
and, and watch some of the other stuff on fight pass and, and just kind of played catch up a little bit. Uh, you know, some people had fun with it, uh, waking up early or, or staying up all night or, or whatever you did to, to watch this card. And, uh, uh, other people were complaining saying, you know, why can't it be, uh, prime time here? But in order for that to happen, if the fight's in Singapore, they would have to be fighting in the morning there, which can be rough on the fighters. And then, you know, the, the fans on the other side of the world deserve to have a card that takes place during prime time as well. So it's nice for, uh, you know, the Singapore fans and and the other fans in Asia and that side of the world to get that experience. Uh, I've talked about a couple of times on the show. I went to uh, UFC fight night in Japan uh, coming up on two years ago now, and it was in the morning. So it was at the Saitama arena, the famous Saitama arena where many pride events have taken place. And, I had to go in the morning. It started like eight o'clock in the morning, so it could air prime time here in the states. And it was interesting because, you know, you're in there and it's dark in the stadium, and of course you're having some beers, uh, watching the fights, or I was anyway because that's how I watch the fights, uh, as you well know if you're a fan of the podcast. And uh, then you come outside and it's like two o'clock in the afternoon and it's bright out and. Um, jet lagged because we had just gotten to Japan like two days earlier or maybe a day earlier. So uh, it was kind of trippy, but it was pretty cool too. Definitely a unique experience. Uh, it was one of the most awesome live events I've ever been to. Uh, it, if you ever have the opportunity to go to Japan and, and witness an MMA event there, I would highly recommend that or just go to Japan in general. But that's a conversation for another time. Let's get into the rest of this card here. So the co-main event, was between Andre the Pitbull Arlovsky. So Betch Correa's nickname is also the Pitbull. So it was not a good night for anyone named Pitbull in Singapore. Uh, United's decision lost to Martin Tibora, who is a you know big, tough heavyweight. He's had some impressive fights, very explosive in the first round of his fights, and uh, you know not the best cardio because that's not really what heavyweights are known for. Uh, I think a lot of people thought Arlovsky would have the advantage if this fight went into deep waters, but a lot of people also questioning Arlovsky's chin, which I don't think is fair, really. If you think about you know, the people he had lost to of late, uh, Stipe Miocic, the current heavyweight champion, uh, and some other heavy hitters who had knocked him out, you know, you kind of got to give him a pass on a couple of those knockouts. Uh Orlovsky's just a fucking warrior, man. And he, he, even the first round of this fight really spoke to it because uh, Tabora had Orlovsky on the ground. He had him mounted. He was swinging some big, heavy bombs, and Orlovsky was still moving around. And the last 15 or 10 seconds of the round, he got up, and he was right in Tabora's face. And you could see Tabora was like, oh, shit. Uh, you know, this guy is still in the fight and he's just so tough. I mean, Orlovsky's one of these guys, he's been around forever, multiple time UFC heavyweight champion. He's gone and and fought in other organizations and fought all over the world, made his way back to the UFC. So many ups and downs in his career, but the guy's just uh, a fighter and he just, he just needs to fight. His face is all smashed in. His nose is smushed. It looks like it's made out of clay or like it's taped down to his face like uh, Jim Carrey in that Yes Man movie when he puts all the tape around his head and he's he's like goofing around with the guy who works at the bank in. Like that's Arlovsky's nose all the time. Like his sinuses are are just like not even a passageway anymore. It's just like a, a smashed in like I don't know. I don't know if there's even sinuses in there anymore. He may not even be able to breathe through that nose, but damn it, is he fucking tough. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Arlovsky losing the decision there. Um, would I say that he would have to be done at this point? I would not. Uh, I think there are still fights out there for Andre Arlovsky. Uh, you know, some of these guys, like, you know, putting him in there against Francis Ngannou, obviously, that was a rough go for him because, you know, that, that kid is is a monster he's tearing through everybody uh i think there are there are fights for him out there um and i i would like to see that 
Uh, I would like to see Arlovsky back and, you know, Marcin Tabora, he, he should have steamrolled Arlovsky in that first round. Uh, it, if he wanted to seriously be a contender and uh, I'm getting a text from Jeff, the animal Wilson right now, which is why uh, <laughs> I look so distracted right now. He's texting and, and telling me to wait for him. Um, uh, let me just answer him and tell him that we're live and uh, you know, he shouldn't have been taking a nap. So uh, I'll move down the cart uh, a fight that a lot of people were pissed off about Don young Kim and Colby Covington, Kobe chaos Covington teammate, of Jorge Masvidal. And a lot of people were annoyed uh, with Covington holding Dalyan Kim down for a lot of this fight. I didn't really see it that way. I didn't I didn't actually agree that uh, it was it was that boring of a fight. Obviously we know Dalyan Kim is very dangerous. He's got really explosive hips and he's super strong for that weight class. I thought it was impressive that Kobe Covington was able to control him for the entire fight and he did not gas out. Uh, for those of you who have done some grappling or wrestling, you, you know how exhausting it can be. And uh, many times, we've heard Brian Stan say this on a lot of broadcasts, uh, that offensive wrestling is the most exhausting thing in MMA. And that's accurate. Wrestling is so tiring because your arms fill up with blood and you know, you're trying to hold down another human being who's equally as strong or stronger than you. We know how explosive Don Young Kim can be. And the fact that Kobe Covington was able to hold him down or hold him against the cage. And then when they separated, Kobe still had the faster hands, which is really incredible if you think about it, because his arms must have been uh, filled with lactic acid and filled with blood and feeling so heavy. And he just, you know, he still had fast hands after uh, Don Young Kim was able to make some space and he was able to avoid the judo. Um, I always say that. Uh, you know, wrestling hips uh, will will uh, usually um, prevail over judo hips, uh, especially in MMA where there's no gi because judo players are not used to people, you know, having a, a low center of gravity because in judo you're a little bit more light on your feet and, and a little bit more top-heavy. So when you have wrestlers who are known for lowering their center of gravity uh, and, and you know, kind of planting to the ground a little bit more. Uh, judo players have a little bit more difficulty uh, kind of throwing them around. So I, I think a lot of people were bored with this fight, which I can understand. I still thought it was an interesting fight. Just knowing what I know about Don Young Kim and how strong he is and how hard he is to hold down, the fact that Kobe Covington was able to hold him down for the entire fight uh, was very impressive. Not impressive enough to warrant a title shot, which is what he was asking for in the post-fight interview. And he had a couple of pocketed statements that were uh, kind of clumsily written. And he was saying, this is my division and I'm taking over. Uh, even though Jorge Masvidal was in his corner, who's, you know, a guy in the same division and clearly ranked higher than Kobe Covington. But Kobe's calling out uh, Tyron Woodley, which I think would actually be a really interesting fight because he's... I can't see him holding Tyron Woodley against the cage for five rounds or taking him down and holding him down on the canvas because Woodley's so explosive. Uh, that would actually be a really interesting fight. Now, again, people who are not interested in wrestling may think it's boring. I think it's really interesting. And, you know, it would really be a test for Colby Covington to see whether or not he could take uh, the power of Tyron Woodley. Now, all, all that being said, that's just me kind of bouncing around the idea of of those two fighting. I don't think he's deserving of a title shot by any means, but I would like to see him in there with some top 10 fighters, and and let's see how he does. Uh, the fight right before that was, uh, you know, another mix-up in, uh, in the same division, 170 pounds. So former lightweight champion Rafael Dos Santos uh, made his welterweight debut against Tarek Safadine, uh, who is a really established kickboxer, Muay Thai fighter. And, uh, he did well in other organizations before coming over to the UFC, but, uh, it, he hasn't had the best of luck since coming to the UFC. And this is the problem with guys who specialize in one style of fighting. 
So he's a striker, uh, a kickboxer, and he was getting outstruck by Rafael Dos Anjos. So what do you do when you're so good at something and somebody is doing it better than you, but they're also more well-rounded than you? Well, the answer is you lose the fight. So Tarek Safadine lost unanimous decision to RDA. Uh, you know, he was, he's got more power in his striking. Obviously, Tarek Safadine is very precise and very technical with his striking but you know he wasn't able to keep up with with dos Santos and you know dos Santos has uh, a much better ground game obviously uh he's he's got uh some jujitsu credentials to his name and he's got some good wrestling so th this was an okay fight uh but dos Santos, uh you know coming away with the win he looked good you know he looked really filled out at 170 pounds uh, I think he can go pretty far in this division. I don't know how he would match up with uh, some of the upper echelon guys there. Uh, maybe a fight with Kobe Covington would be interesting because he's got the jujitsu to counter the wrestling. He's got big power that can catch a wrestler coming in. He's got really fast hands. Uh, you know, he'll be he'll be real quick in that division uh, because he was. He had fast hands at 155 pounds when he was depleting himself to make weight. So I think RDA being at 170 is a good move. Uh, Donald Cerrone is probably like, fuck, how do I get away from this guy? Because uh, he's, you know, he fought for the title against uh, RDA in Orlando a couple of years ago now uh, and, you know, got knocked out there. That was his second loss to him. So, he moved up to 170 pounds and then obviously RDA lost the belt to Eddie Alvarez and then he lost to Tony Ferguson. So he decided to move up to 170 pounds. So this is a really exciting division right now. Uh, and we have a uh, speaking of Cowboy Cerrone. We have him fighting Robbie Lawler coming up real soon. And that's an amazing fight. So, you know, a lot of eyes on the 170, uh, 170 pound division right now. And, I think it's really exciting. I think it's one of the most exciting divisions uh, right now to watch. Uh, even though, you know, the last title fight between Tyron Woodley and Stephen Thompson was aptly declared one of the most boring fights of all time. <laughs> you know, it was kind of interesting to watch at the time because there was so much tension and that kind of made it interesting. But, no, you know, not a whole lot happened except for like a 40-second explosion by Tyron Woodley in the fourth round i believe uh so anyway big win for dos santos and uh tarek safadine i don't know what you do with him i don't know if he gets cut uh he doesn't really have name recognition with a lot of fans except for the hardcore fans who were following bef before he came into the ufc but with casual fans he <clears throat> he doesn't have that name recognition so he's got to go back to uh you know, back to the drawing board, back to the undercard, back to Bellator. Uh, I don't know what you do with him, or, or back to uh, back to fighting the the kids from Hogwarts and in Harry Potter because I think he looks like the Lord Voldemort from from the Harry Potter movies. Uh, if you if you follow on Instagram at MMA on the Rocks, I made a meme, uh, kind of dubbing Tarek Safadine's face with Lord Voldemort. So uh, if you follow on Instagram, you sh you, you may have seen that one. Uh, and, and that's just what it, that's just what I think of when I look at him. He's just got like that face. He's got that kind of like evil, like vampire-y looking face to him. He's kind of a, a scary looking dude. And I think if he comes back, great. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll watch him fight again. But if the UFC does decide to cut him, I think this is uh, I think he's lost three out of four, uh, three of his last four, something like that. Uh, I don't have it in front of me, but, uh, so another, uh, another unfortunate fight, uh, was, uh, John Tuck versus Takenori Gomi, you know, Takenori Gomi, another legend of the sport. Another one of these guys who, uh, you know, just can't walk away. I mean, he was one of the heroes of pride and, you know, the fireball kid, he was so exciting. You know? Amazing knockout power, great wrestler, total legend. Pride Bushido events. Um, you know, you you go back to so many legendary fights. 
uh, with Takanori Gomi, but he got submitted by John Tuck early in the first round by a rear naked choke. So you, you got to wonder, you know, if it's time for him to, to maybe hang it up and, uh, man, it's tough because these guys who, who you watch and, and you watch them be so dominant for so long and then they just don't know what to do with themselves. Uh, it gets, it gets kind of sad. So, uh, in any case, let, let's take good for John Tuck though, because you know, he's able to, to put a legend on his resume that, uh, he was able to able to beat, uh, another rear naked choke victory. Uh, Yuta Sasaki, uh, chokes out Justin, Justin Scoggins in the second round of their fight. And, uh, this was a real scrappy one. These guys were tossing each other around. Scoggins is a very, very aggressive fighter. He's throwing spinning wheel kicks and he's trying to suplex Sasaki. Uh, very back and forth. Uh, very interesting fight, but uh, Sasaki was able to uh, to mount Scoggins, get his back, and, and choke him out. Justin Scoggins, though, um, has missed weight in his last couple of fights. And, you know, a lot of people kind of giving him shit for that. And he's fighting at 125 pounds, which is a very controversial division right now you know a lot of people you know kind of bringing up the idea that maybe this division shouldn't even exist anymore so there's that and i'm not going to touch on any other fights on this card uh if, if jeff ends up calling in then you know maybe he saw some of these that he wants to touch on but uh walt harris with a big tko in the first round of his fight over Cyril Asker and uh, Alex Caceres, also Bruce Leroy with a win on this card. But, you know, that was at like four o'clock in the morning. So I wound up re watching those. I didn't watch them live. So I don't feel like I can really give a fair assessment unless I see it live. So that was UFC Fight Night 111 from Singapore. Before I get into the fight night next week that's going down. Uh, something that that's been big news and, and you haven't heard too much about it on this fight on this uh, podcast. And, and that's been somewhat intentional because I feel like people are sick of hearing about it. And that's Conor McGregor <laughs> boxing Floyd Mayweather, which they signed the contract. This fight is happening August 26th in Las Vegas. Uh, I'm distracted, obviously. Uh, in any case, so. Floyd Mayweather is going to box Conor McGregor. Floyd Mayweather, 49-0 in boxing. Conor McGregor, 0-0 in boxing. 21-3 in MMA. So what I did was I put out a poll on Twitter and, because I wanted to ask people who listen to this show, like, are you sick of hearing about this or do you want to hear my take on it? Surprisingly, a lot of you want to hear what I have to say about it, and that's what won the poll. So here's what I'm going to do. Some of you said, you know, please stick to MMA. And then the most vocal people actually messaged me and said, uh, oh, and we're joined by the party animal, Jeff Wilson. Uh, <laughs> so I'll finish this thought before I let uh, Jeff jump in here and let us know uh, why he abandoned uh, all the fans on the show this week. So, Jeff, I was just telling everybody, uh, how I ran a poll on Twitter and I asked if they wanted us to talk about the Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor boxing match, or if they're sick of it. So a lot of people are sick of hearing about it. Some people wanted to hear the MMA on the rocks take on this match. So what I decided to do is stick to MMA for the most part. And I'm going to do a separate episode talking about Floyd and Conor. I'll let you know my thoughts on it. Uh, I'm also inviting Blake Stevenson from the Loaded Joe's uh, podcast. You guys have heard us talk about him before. I've appeared on his podcast. Blake is a big Floyd Mayweather fan, and he knows every fact about Floyd and all of his fights, and he's analyzed him endlessly. So I'm going to talk to him about this, and I'm going to make it a separate episode. So this way, those of you who wanted to hear my take on the floyd Connor match can hear it. And those of you who wanted me to just stick to MMA and you're only interested in 
MMA on the rocks, not MMA and boxing and anything else on the rocks. You can choose to skip that episode if you want, and I won't be offended. But let me finally welcome my co-host, Jeff, the party animal, Wilson, who <laughs> Jeff, I'm assuming, I'm assuming you were, uh, catching up on some Z's because of, uh, you, you were hitting it pretty hard last night. So the, the audience is dying to know where the fuck have you been? <laughs> oh man, Bill, I, uh, much like our, our Lord and savior, Jesus, I died and have resurrected on the third day, Bill. Uh, feels like I've been out for about three days. Um, yeah, dude. So last night, and this is kind of the reason I'm a little late to the party today, is I was partying last night. I went to go see one of my favorite uh, bands called The Dirty Heads. And if you're a fan of bands like 311 or Sublime, you're probably going to like the Dirty Heads. They're, you know, they're all the same stuff. Trees are awesome and summer should be forever and all that. So, um, Bill, I basically drank everything. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I finished the bottle of bourbon. Uh, then we were doing jello shots with vodka in them. Okay. Uh, then I had, I don't even remember, I think like three or four yinglings at the concert. I had a shot of Jack Daniels. Um, and what else was there? Uh, oh, and then we went to this club after the concert and they had these rum buckets. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> and, uh, and they were like, they were like that. They were like, um, like, uh, maybe I want to say like a quart. Or, oh, or so of um, of booze, and they mixed them with other stuff, so it tasted like orange juice. So I was, <laughs> so I'm down. I downed two of them by myself. Uh, and you know, later that night, all of that stuff was on the bathroom floor. So, um, all right. <laughs> so, um, so you made it to the bathroom, but not necessarily to the toilet. Am I getting that right? Right. Um, right. So I wake up this morning and I'm at, I'm at my friend's house and I just look around and I'm like, oh, you guys are going to just have to move. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, it was at your friend's house that you threw up in the bathroom. Yes. But I cleaned everything up, dude. Listen, I cleaned everything up and it, it's, it looked even cleaner than before I threw up in it. Are you going to be, you gonna be invited back though? Of course. I mean, I cleaned up. Uh, I'm a trooper, man. Listen, my father always taught me if you want to pay, if you want to play, you got to pay. So, yeah, uh, some fatherly advice here on Father's Day. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, that was that. Um, that's that's Wait. about all I remember. <laughs> all right. So you, <laughs> you, made, <laughs> you made it uh, for those watching on youtube where i don't put the disclaimer let me take this opportunity to say that uh we at mma on the rocks do not condone this type of drinking please drink responsibly if you're a listener of this show uh <laughs> for those who listen to the podcast on itunes or or anywhere else on your favorite podcast apps you all hear the disclaimer in the beginning of the show uh we we do encourage you to drink responsibly so do as we say not as we do yes but in my defense i did not drive um <clears throat> we had a designated driver so that was cool um but yeah you know every now and then i mean i don't do i don't drink like that often like like i haven't drank like that maybe since i was in college yeah um well you know every now and then it's it's cool to just have a good time and not think about stuff yeah, every now and then you think like, oh, I can still I can still hang like this and you think about like what you used to do in college and then and then you realize no, I cannot. But you mentioned uh Yingling. You had a couple of those and we've talked about them a couple of times on the show. I'm actually drinking a Yingling right now and I'll hold it there up for the, for the uh viewers on YouTube. This is a Yingling uh summer wheat, which is really nice. It's got like kind of a a uh, bit of a lemony flavor, and you know the the wheat beers are a little bit heavier. So Yingling, the oldest uh, operating brewery in the United States, they started out in 
Pottsville, Pennsylvania. And I've come to find out that only people on the East Coast really know what Yingling is. And our buddy, uh, Flying Brian J., who is a, a friend of the show, he has a Flying Brian J. A YouTube channel and, and podcast, and, and he also does uh, YouTube craft beer reviews and things like that. So uh, go check him out. I know we've plugged him on here a couple of times before. Uh, he just got a hold. He lives out in Nebraska, and he just got a hold of Yingling for the first time and tried it, and he really liked it. He said he knows a guy who will bring like cases of it. He'll come to the East Coast and drive back, I guess, to Nebraska and bring like cases of it with him because you can't find it anywhere else. So hmm. they started in Pennsylvania, and now they also brew here in Tampa. So they have a, a brewery in Tampa, Florida, which is why I was surprised when I moved. To this area i was going out to bars and all the happy hours are like two dollar yinglings and and three dollar yinglings or eight dollar pitchers of yingling i'm like why is there so much yingling around here and i realized it, now they brew it in florida so that's awesome it's it's like one of those it, it's like a comfort beer like a like a go-to and uh you know it's father's day i gotta have a beer i have a dog so I'm technically technically a father uh <laughs> those of you who who uh check out the instagram stories you'll see my dog bijou on there quite often so um i consider myself a parent so i deserve a beer on uh on father's day jeff i'm assuming you're you're not uh biting the uh hair <laughs> little hair of the dog there <laughs> after last night's escapades uh, bill i'm never drinking again after yesterday but <laughs> i'm sure i'll be fine by tuesday and i'll be i'll be hitting the bottle again oh okay so that's that's a pretty <laughs> pretty quick turnaround maybe by tonight you'll like you'll want a little sip you'll be uh you'll you'll find that uh bottle of buffalo trace and find those last uh couple of dew drops in there um <clears throat> so jeff let me tell you what you missed uh, I went over the unfortunate news of former UFC fighter Tim Haig passing away. I don't know if you heard about this. He had a boxing fight in Edmonton, Canada. Uh, he suffered a KO loss, and unfortunately, he did not wake up from it. His sympathies to the Haig family once again. And then also, the, I'll just give you everything I went over, and then you kind of bounce back to me, and we'll do it that way. I also went over uh, Matt Hughes, former UFC champion, legend, Hall of Famer, uh, got hit his truck got hit by a train and he is <coughs> he is in a coma right now in stable condition um, so the train hit the passenger side of his truck and he was hospitalized he was airlifted to the hospital and he is currently not awake but uh, in stable condition and um, I also went over uh, the UFC fight night card from Singapore. I kind of just touched on the main card. So, um, your reactions to Tim Haig, I, I'm assuming you didn't hear about Matt Hughes because I saw your face um, when I mentioned it. So, uh, let me get your reaction on those couple of things. And then, uh, let me hear a brief overview of uh, your take on the Singapore card. Um, yeah, dude, that is just horrible to hear about uh, both Tim Haig and Matt Hughes. And as I was uh, rewatching some of these fights, I had heard that something happened to Matt Hughes, but no one was saying anything specific. Um, so I wasn't sure if it was like a family member or something, but um, after hearing what actually happened, that is horrible. Um, and, you know, I feel really bad for these guys. You know, they both have families and, you know, it's horrible to hear stuff like that, man. So, so like my mouth, I know um, that when you're talking, it switches over to you. And when I'm talking, the video feed switches over to me. But yeah, my mouth hit the floor when you said that, man. Yeah, for sure. And both, both super young. I mean, Tim Haig, 33, uh, Matt Hughes, 43, I believe. Um, so just both, <clears throat> both tragedies. And uh, unfortunately in Tim Haig's case, um, I don't want to say it could could have been avoided because you never know with these situations. But, um, you know, that's a guy who has taken a lot of head trauma in MMA and boxing. Uh, you know, I was saying I think three out of his last four fights were, were knockout losses. And then he went over to do boxing. And who knows how hard the guy trains and how much head trauma he takes in the gym. So 
yeah, both, both uh, really unfortunate cases and, and, uh, you know, our thoughts go out to their families. Um, so speaking of head trauma, I already kind of broke down and gave my take on, uh, the main card of UFC Singapore. I didn't really get into the undercard too much, but, uh, I'll toss out a couple of fights to you, Jeff. And, uh, and you give me your reactions. Obviously the main event, Holly Holm and Beth Correa, uh, <clears throat> we had, uh, Marcin Tabura and Andre Arlovsky and Kobe Covington, Don Young Kim, uh, which one of those uh, do you feel like is the most uh, valuable to talk about again? Unfortunately, I did not watch the Tabora versus Arlovsky fight, okay. but uh, Covington versus uh, Dong Hyun Kim was really entertaining. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it was interesting to watch. Um, like I said, really exciting fight. Colby Covington just using his wrestling um, and just nullifying Dong Hyun Kim's very, very ample uh, striking ability by just, you know, keeping him close range. Um, and, you know, Kim is a high-level judo guy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. mistaken. So uh, Covington, you know, he did well, uh, and I really found that fight entertaining as for home versus Betch Correa. Um, Mark Goddard saved that fight because up until he kind of chimed in, nothing was happening and it was yeah. horrible. Um, but that knockout came out of nowhere, man. Uh, Betch Correa was egging Holly home on and then, you know, she got the kick from hell. So, yeah, yeah, that's going to be on highlight reels. Uh, for the rest of time, uh, and she's definitely <laughs> she's definitely gonna regret uh, taunting Holly Holm that way. And uh, I'm glad to hear your take on the Kobe Covington fight because I had said the same thing. I thought it was so impressive that he was able to control Dong Young Kim, who is so strong and has such powerful hips from years of judo. Um, I thought it was impressive he was able to hold him down. I think a lot of people disagreed and they thought that fight was boring. But if you know how strong Dong Young Kim is. And, and you know how exhausting it is to offensively grapple for 15 minutes. Uh, I thought it was a really impressive performance. Definitely not worthy of the title shot he was asking for. <laughs> but uh, I, I'd be interested to see him in there again. Uh, I, I wouldn't mind seeing him against Rafael Dos Santos, who had uh, an impressive win over Tarek Safadine. And uh, at, I'll let you talk about that fight if you want, Jeff. And was there anything else on the card that you saw and uh, – and you want to mention real quick. Uh, I didn't watch anything else on the card, unfortunately, but the Rafael Dos Anjos versus Tarek Safadine fight was really good. Dos Anjos, after the first round, uh, he looked great uh, because he was being controlled at first. Credit to Tarek Safadine because Dos Anjos, high-level jujitsu guy, mm -hmm. and you know he was taking it to him at the beginning of the first round, but after that, it was all Dos Anjos. Uh, really entertaining fight. So if you missed that one, I would definitely go back and watch that again. Cool. All right. So we'll move on from uh, UFC Fight Night uh, 111. Jeff, thank you for giving us your uh, much-anticipated <laughs> breakdown <laughs> after <laughs> after joining the podcast. And uh, so something else that happened this weekend, uh, Andre Ward getting a TKO victory over uh, Sergey Kovalev. So this was a rematch. Uh, of which Andre Ward had won a decision the first time they fought. This time it was a TKO in the eighth round. Uh, referees stopped the fight uh, while both men were standing due to body shots. So uh, Andre Ward uh, beating up the body of Kovalev, and uh, Kovalev's corner thought that Ward had thrown some low blows during the match, and they're actually going to appeal this fight which you know good luck with that that's not gonna there's no way that's gonna happen so andre ward um you know quietly establishing himself as one of the greatest boxers of our generation he's super technical uh his you know just his his basic instincts his technical skills are are very sound like just the base he focuses on the basics of boxing and uh it's taken him very far so impressive win for andre ward i feel like uh this fight was not very publicized for a big time uh boxing match which there are not very many of uh, i forgot this fight was even happening but and i didn't watch it i i saw like a recap, you know, how they show the, the sped up recap round one, round two, round three and round eight, it ended. 
Uh, <clears throat> I wasn't mad at the stoppage though. It looked like, you know, Kovalev keeled over a couple of times and he didn't fall down, but he looked like a guy who didn't want to fight anymore to me. Uh, did you hear anything about this fight, Jeff? And do you care? And if not, we can move on because we don't really talk about boxing here. Yeah, I'm not crazy about it. But if you ever want to do an episode about Canelo Alvarez versus Triple G, I'm down for that. We could do that as a separate episode. Yeah, maybe we'll, I mean, maybe we'll just start a separate podcast to do boxing on the rocks. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not too well educated on boxing. If I'm being honest, uh, I, I followed it uh, in my youth. Uh, I was a I was a big Bernard Hopkins fan back in the day. Unfortunate what happened to him. Speaking of guys who uh, you know don't know when to hang it up, but <clears throat> in any case, yeah. I mean, this is MMA on the rocks. We're laid back here. We're not. We're not fucking getting too in depth about anything. Talking about punch counts and like all these statistics and betting odds and all this shit we just give our opinions and, <laughs> and we drink beer and whiskey <laughs> and anything else you put in front of us bill <laughs> apparently so jeff <laughs> jeff the jello shot animal wilson <laughs> but uh let's uh let's get back on track to some more mma here so we got a uh, fight night 112 coming up next week on the 25th of june and this is in oklahoma city and it's headlined by Michael Chiesa and Kevin Lee. Now, normally nobody would give a fuck about this main event, to be honest, because these are not guys who are out in the public eye very much. Um, you know, Michael Chiesa, ultimate fighter winner, but, you know, there's been 24 of those. So, you know, needle in a haystack at this point. Uh, soon to be 25, which, uh, you know, I'm actually a fan of this season of The Ultimate Fighter, I got to say. Uh, it started off kind of slow, but it, it grew on me. In any case, <clears throat> Kiaz and Kevin Lee, nobody would give a shit about this fight, if we're being honest, uh, except for the fact that they got into it at a press conference, and Kevin Lee had some kind of scripted trash talk he was going to throw out there at the press conference, and he just casually said, like, I know Michael Chiesa's mother is going to be watching the fight. And Michael Chiesa totally flipped out and said, don't you fucking talk about my mother. And he ran across, ran across the stage of the press conference and Kevin Lee punched him in the face. Now, I'm interested. Casual fans are interested. Um, it, it's kind of a sloppy card backing this up. <laughs> and we'll get, we'll get into that in a second. But, uh, you know, there's some there's some emotions here and some bad blood, which always makes things more interesting. These guys have very similar uh, records, and their styles match up very interestingly as well. Kiesa is awesome on the ground. Kevin Lee is an explosive wrestler, very aggressive. He's got some good ground skills too. What are your thoughts on this main event, Jeff? And uh, do you think it's main event worthy if it were not for the mama drama? Mm, that is a good question, Bill. I don't think it would be main event worthy were it not for for the whole thing that happened on stage uh, during that interview. But, um, you know, now that it did happen, I'm interested to see what happens. Um, you know, uh, nobody likes having their mom brought up, especially someone in especially in that context. Yeah. Like, like you're going to. Um, you know, make my mom watch you beat me and stuff like nobody yeah. likes that. So um, I'm really excited for that. And I don't know, Bill, I got to disagree with you. I think this card looks pretty decent. Dude, yeah. this is a, this is a big pile of what the fuck's going on here. Because like you got you got you got the co-main event is BJ Penn and Dennis Seaver. Like, why is that happening? Then you got Johnny Hendricks and Tim Bosch, two guys who have been in every weight class from welterweight and up. Uh, meeting each other. You have Alir Latifi fighting somebody who we don't even know who it is yet. Clay Guida comes out of nowhere, back from the Stone Age. He's been, like, riding around the country. He's been riding around the country in a, in a, in an RV. And, it, and like, all of a sudden, he's, he's stopping in Oklahoma to have a fight. And then, uh, you know, you got Tim Means thrown in there. 
uh and then you got some 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 decent female fights but like what the fuck is going on with this card because it's just like the most random assortment it's like they just took like just started drawing names out of a hat from guys who who have ever fought in the ufc in the last 20 years and just kind of threw them together like what what i have to know what what's the strategy behind putting this card together like all right all right, let's take all right, the name out of the 45 pounders had. Oh, BJ Penn. Great. Let's draw another name out. Dennis Seaver. <laughs> all right. Now we need uh 185 pounds. Johnny Hendricks fights there now. Okay, how about Tim Bosch to fight him? Like <laughs> I don't know. I, I think there's some interesting matchups here. And Alir Latifi may be fighting himself. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> but uh let I guess you see it differently, Jeff. So, so give me your thoughts on this card, and uh, wh which fight are you most excited about here? Uh, listen, BJ Penn versus Dennis Seaver. Sure, they're a little bit older, but hey, man, I want to see them fight. BJ Penn uh, used to, you know, be really entertaining. Um, so, I'm interested to see how he does against Dennis Seaver. Dennis Seaver, high level wrestler. Um, I think he's German or something. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, high-level wrestler, uh, BJ Penn, high-level grappler in his own right. Uh, so that one should be interesting. Tim Bosch versus Johnny Hendricks. Come on, Bill. This is like two refrigerators running <laughs> at each other. This is going to be awesome. <laughs> I I, I don't really, I don't really care to see a, a you know appliance violence, Jeff. There, I could go on YouTube and watch rednecks uh, shooting refrigerators with with semi-automatic weapons if I were interested in such a thing. This just seems like a hot mess of a card to me, which kind of makes it more appealing. But at the same time. I'm looking at this card and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but uh, so anything else jumped out to you on this one, Jeff? Um, uh, the team, the Tim Means fight looks pretty good against uh, Alex Garcia. Uh, Felice Herring, usually a pretty entertaining uh, fighter. Carlos Barza is coming back after about six years of retirement. Yeah, no, uh, almost having to sell her motorcycle that she won on the Ultimate Fighter for food. <laughs> like... Like, see, here's here's my thing, Bill. Is is you gotta understand that, you know, money comes from from things like, you know, um, working. working. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but uh, but yeah, I'm uh, I think this car is gonna be cool, man. I it looks it it doesn't look super appealing right off right out of the gate. But trust me, I think it's going to be good. Yeah, and Carla Esparza coming back to a really tough test, and Marina Moroz, yes, who uh, Ukrainian fighter, which you know they're tough as fuck in the Ukraine. They're, like they're cut from a different cloth over there, and uh, <clears throat> she's only got one uh, loss on her record, and that's a unanimous decision loss to uh, Valerie Letourneau. So Carla Esparza kind of has to, you know come out guns blazing here uh fleece herring another one who you know uh, aside from a, a loss to Paige van zandt in recent in recent fights uh you know she's won two in a row and she's right in there uh clay guida i'm always interested in watching i would i would watch that guy you know fight 30 homeless people at the same time because he's just a fucking <laughs> he's just a fucking animal um <laughs> uh <laughs> I don't know if you could tell who who was who though. <laughs> it's true until the end of it when there's 30 dead homeless guys and Clay Guida oh, flexing on top of his RV. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know how that guy never got a reality show with the, you know driving around in that thing. And then, uh, yeah, so I, I maintain my opinion that this card's a fucking hot mess, but uh, it'll be interesting. And this is a Sunday card. I believe this is on, uh, yeah, because next weekend is Bellator pay per view. Mm -hmm. So, right, right, right. Yes. <laughs> Bellator, um, you know, getting their first pay per view in a long time. I think it's the first one since, uh, Scott Coker took over, um, as a uh, president. And, uh, you know, it, we got, uh, Chael Sonnen and Vanderlei Silva, huge grudge match there. We got uh, Fedor Emelianenko and Matt Mitrione 
uh, a fight that was supposed to happen a couple of months ago, but Mitrione had uh, kidney stones at the weigh-ins and wasn't able to make the appearance. Uh, <clears throat> we we got some interesting uh, fights on this card. Uh, I don't I don't know that it's worth buying a pay per view if you're like if you're only gonna spend money on a couple of pay per views a year. I don't know if this is the one you get, but <clears throat> you got you also got Michael Chandler. Uh, who is one of the best fighters in the world, in, in my opinion. And a lot of people, if you strictly watch UFC, you probably don't know who uh, Michael Chandler is. And then the undercard, which is free, is going to have Phil Davis and Ryan Bader. I'm actually uh, you know, getting more excited about this card as I'm talking about it. And then uh, we got uh, Lorenz Larkin, who was recently let go uh, out of nowhere from the UFC. He's going to be fighting <clears throat> for the title against... Uh, Lima. So, uh, out of all these fights, Jeff, any of these um, jump out at you? And do you think this is worth the buy on pay per view? Yeah, I really like this card. However, I don't know if I would pay the money to, you know, watch it on a pay per view. But uh, some really good fights, man. I mean, I have been dying to see Chael Sonnen versus Vanderlei Silva ever since uh, their season of Tough. And even before that, man, like they, they were just talking smack to each other. Uh, like these guys genuinely do not like each other. I want to see somebody get knocked out. Uh, I'm a Phil Davis fan. I also like Ryan Bader, so that's going to be a really good fight. Yeah, that's um, a rematch, too. So they fought in the UFC, and now they're going to be fighting for the light heavyweight title in Bellator. So that'll be interesting. And uh, Chael Sonnen actually was jumped on the street, allegedly, by Vanderlei Silva another time uh, in front of his wife. So he's really pissed at Vanderlei, and he's been doing his usual, uh, you know, I'm the bad guy, and I'm selling this fight, and uh, I'm going to, I'm going to be the heel and I'm going to talk trash. Um, but I think this is really personal for him. And I think that that may be a first because he usually, you know, plays that angle and plays that bad guy character. But uh, I do think this is a, this is a really personal fight for him. And then for Vanderlei, it's personal too, because Chael has talked so much shit about Brazil and the people of Brazil. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, Vanderlei, is not a guy that you want to have mad at you, whether it's in the cage or not. So they've had to keep these two separated. So that, that's kind of interesting. So not really worth the, the pay-per-view money, and I guess not worth the ticket money either because this one's right across the river from you, Jeff, uh, living in New Jersey. It, it's at the Garden. I think it's great for Bellator. I think they got a lot of big names on this card. I think it's a step in the right direction. Uh, you know, you and I are both big fans of – you know, the competition of the UFC, uh, you know, makes it better for, for everybody because it, it forces better treatment of the fighters and, you know, they have more options of places to go and, and ways to make money. Uh, and, uh, you know, it gives them some negotiation leverage for their contracts and things like that. Anything else on this card, uh, jumping out at you? I'm kind of excited for, uh, Michael Chandler. That guy always puts on an exciting fight. Yeah, dude. Uh, Michael Chandler defending his belt, I believe at lightweight, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that's going to be really good. Uh, top to bottom, I think this card looks really exciting. I think that Bellator is doing a good job of really stacking the deck and trying to get those pay-per-view buys. So it's going to be good. Um, but like I said, I don't think I want to pay to watch it. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, like, I like the card, and I – I am not opposed to paying for it. I just, me personally, I wouldn't just because I'm so used to seeing Bellator events for free. For sure. All right. Uh, <clears throat> so I may change my mind if I'm watching that undercard, though, because then you got that title fight with Davis and Bader, and then it's like, all right, well, there's a you're saying there's a couple more titles on pay-per-view and Fedor and Chael Vanderlei. I, I could be convinced. It depends uh, how they market it. And you know, Bellator has uh, been struggling a little bit with their live production lately, going through some growing pains, I think. But if it's marketed properly, I could be swayed. And I think a lot of other people could as well. If they're flipping through and they see this on Spike and they see these guys that they recognize from the UFC, and then they say like, oh, Fedor, I've heard of that guy. And I know Chael Sonnen, and he's been on reality TV. Oh, they're going to be on pay-per-view? That could push people over the edge if it's done right. Uh, so hopefully it is. Hopefully they do good numbers and... They're able to keep uh, bringing in talent 
and, and paying fighters a lot of money and you know good for them uh you know hopefully they don't blow it uh anything else uh we may have missed that you want to get off your chest jeff uh no i think we got all our bases covered uh yeah i think we're good cool so you you'll continue recovering from your jello shots then uh (laughs) if you want to you want to get a hold of jeff you can get him at animal underscore wilson on twitter and you all know how to get a hold of me by now it's at mma on the rocks everywhere on social media facebook instagram twitter uh youtube as well uh so if you want to subscribe to that and get the podcast unedited i believe they'll send you notifications when we go live which you know we're live right now if you're watching on youtube so hey everybody and you can also go to mmaontherocks.com and you can contact me that way so don't be shy we love hearing feedback um you know we love a good debate and we love hearing what you guys are thinking and drinking at all times so that's all we got for this week stay tuned later in the week for the episode with blake stevenson where we talk about conor mcgregor floyd mayweather for those of you who wanted to hear my take on it um that that'll be posted later in the week so we'll get a double episode this week and that's all we got so happy father's day everybody cheers goodbye <laughs>